This is Agents Influence Podcast. The market, though, is evolving, so you have to be on top of how products shift and evolve, and that in itself is something very complex, but there's a lot of great trading partners in the space that can help you do that. That trading partner could be your carrier partner, that trading partner could be a good intermediary, but absolutely, I think it's one of those things, and I like that analogy, you're dropping out a street with a hundred bucks. You know, I tell people, like, what other industry do you have that, like, you could go and sell a product that, I mean, you make, I love it, and love to see younger folks get engaged in the industry. I'm Jason Cass, and we're going to help you think differently, change your agency, change your finances, change your family, and in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. All right, all right, all right. Welcome, loyal listeners, to another episode of Agents Influence Podcast. Conversations with who? Cast Dog, Jason Cass. Um, I'm here with you today with Paul Gagliotti. Gagliotti. God, I just said it. Why, Paul, I butchered your Gagliotti. name already. Gagliotti. Good, my friend. <laughs> Gagliotti. No, and it's okay. The loyal listeners are actually surprised that I haven't done that in a long time. I'm actually notorious for that. Um, but yours should be easy. It's the Italian name. I mean, we, we kind of know it. It's 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 what it's the Ita- it's the name the Italians that built America. You know what I'm talking about? So, dude, I appreciate you coming on here. I'm very excited. I saw you a couple months ago um, online. Uh, having some pretty good conversations. I like when I can see people comment on LinkedIn and I can kind of get a feel for if they get it or not. Seems like you get it. And I'm anxious to bring you to the forefront. The the loyal listeners know the reason why I bring people like yourself on is because I want to expose you, your thoughts, your business, your mindset, your agenda, your goals. I like to expose that because what it does is it helps us relate to you, but it also helps us relate to InsureTechs. It helps us relate to our industry more, and I believe that that's what strengthens the fabric of the independent insurance agency system. So I appreciate you coming on, man. I really, really, truly do. Thanks for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. No problem. No problem whatsoever. I'm not going to go on with any advertisers. You guys know about AI Mastermind. You guys know about, uh, you keep in mind, I have no idea when this is coming out, but AI Brainshare has either open registration or it is closed because it's sold out. 200 people. Keep that in mind. AIbrainshare.com. There, I did do an advertisement. Paul, uh, welcome to Agents Influence, man. I really, really, really do appreciate you being on um, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. Thanks for me as well. Appreciate the opportunity again. So we have, um, so just so you guys know, we're going to get into it, but Paul um, used to be a retail agent, has a wholesale brokerage, also is heavily involved in SureTech, um, and so he's, he's well-rounded, right? And that's what the loyal listeners are really going after, Paul, is that they're trying to get more rounded. We're, we're working in this cocoon, our agency, building our IRA and investment for the future. And it's people like yourself that we look out to and say, what's going on out there? So, and so are you ready? Let's do it, man. You an iPhone or are you a Droid user? I'm an iPhone guy. Um, okay. But I, I see the benefits of the Android personally, so you know I, don't yeah. know, I might switch. I, I was a little Android guy for a little while, but you know I got brought Were into you? the iPhone fold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Life is more simple, uh, you know. Sometimes <laughs> uh, it is. If you if you if you if you operate inside the Apple ecosystem, life is simple, right? Everything just works. But once you try to go outside that, it's hard. That's why I compare it 
to a captive agent. That is actually what iPhone is. iPhone is State Farm. Droid is the independent insurance agent. That's why I stake my claim in that, Paul. <laughs> all, right, all right. I mean, I like it. I like it. Look, that's good. I, you know, I, I like that. So a lot of truth, dude. A lot of truth there. I might have to truth. switch now. But you might be. Or do you sell Android devices? You got like a nah, Samsung contract. I should. Over you know here, what, you know? dude, Paul? That is a great idea. I need to get Android someone as a sponsor on. Oh, Big thank you, banner very much. behind you, dude. You know what I mean? Got the to. little green Android guy, like over your shoulder. I think it works. Got to. I, it works. I mean, yeah, I am. I'm totally blowing it here. <laughs> I need to do that. Do you love to win or do you hate to lose? Uh, I mean, you know, it's a really good question. I definitely hate to lose. Uh, you know, so for sure, I would say that. Um, you know, winning's kind of like whatever, but you always remember the losses, right? It's, it's you know, damn you right you do. Damn right you do it. It's just not in business. I mean, you forget those ladies that you lost when you were younger. You thought, man, I told mom that was the one, right? I mean, <laughs> it's it's like that. It's like those clients, you know, you get that client. It was like, that was the one. And so, yeah, I'm with you, man. You can't I'm trust someone who's, who says they've never been there. You know what I mean? So That's you know, right. Especially in, in sales, you know, and the brokers know that better than anybody, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's a tough game out there. So I think insurance uh, sales folks are the best in the world selling anything because we sell a product that has to be sold. Right. It's not bought. Mm -hmm. Right. So talk to a lot of folks about sales and, and that. And I think retail brokers have probably the hardest job. Uh, and I think that what ends up happening a lot of times, you know, you hear from people, oh, my friend's a, you know, mortgage broker, my friend sells cars, they're the greatest salesperson. It's like, not really, right? Like everybody likes money. So like, it's pretty easy to sell and cars, like who doesn't want to drive a new car, right? You could take a terrible interest rate to drive off a lot on a car. So, true. you know, you see our industry, a lot of folks just, you know, are, I think the it's best um, and it could always be better, right? You know, you're, it's mm -hmm. a, you're a practicing salesperson, right? You're like a practicing physician, practicing attorney. We are practicing insurance uh, distribution folks. 80% of us are cream of the crop to the world. You know, what we do, the services we provide, um, loyal listeners, if you're new to the show, you can go to our YouTube channel. You can see a video I did that what does the world look like if there was no such thing as insurance? Um, I came up with that last March. Um, actually, for all you loyal listeners, recording this on March 3rd, it was uh, last March I did. And the reason what made me think about that, Paul, was um, COVID and the fact that there was no insurance product to assist businesses to assist people. And I thought to myself, wow, people who don't like insurance, they can look at the world right now and realize this is what a world would look like without insurance. You know, sometimes I don't even think us insurance agents wonder, think about it. Like when a person is dropping a skyscraper that's 180 stories tall in, sky, in New York, without insurance, no one could do that. No one can take on that risk of dropping that and it falling on other seven buildings and killing people. You know what I mean? But somebody came along and said, hey, we'll cover you if you pay us a little bit of money because, and we're going to inspect you and make sure you're safe. But think about that, Paul. People don't, even insurance agents don't put that two and two together. And if you want to know what the insurance, what the world looks like without insurance, go back to last March, April, and May and actually what we're still in. Because if we would have had business income for that, the insurance companies may have been bankrupt, <laughs> but you know, they probably would have been creating, co collecting a premium on that for years. Like they do anything else. Um, I don't know how we got off on that rant, but 
Paul? I, I, I mean, I like it, man. I mean, I think that you're onto something with, you know, that. I think that you start to think about what the balance and, uh, to your point, the exchange of premium for coverage. You know, it's a very complex mechanism we sell as well. Um, but, you know, I always like to think of our industry going back to, you know, what it originally was, right? Like the word risk comes from the Portuguese word risque, which was uncharted waters, right? And, you know, Love that. the goods were coming over to the new world, right? You know, um, you were bringing your grain, I was bringing my rice and, you know, it was coming over from Europe to here. And I was like, listen, Jason, you know, um, take half my rice, I'll take half your grain. You know what I mean? And, you know, look. You know, someone's going to kill me if I don't show up because that's just how things were done back then. Right. But mm -hmm. like at least half the goods got there. Right. You know, mm -hmm. um, you know, and you start to think about that risk transfer mechanism. And, and I kind of always like to go back to that concept, kind of like with your example, with the skyscraper. You know, I think that insurance, right, is like the rudder of the ship. That's the global economy. Right. Without it, you, Come do on. Nothing. you can't build can't. that building. Can't get that mortgage. Can't get that new car that the best salesman or salesperson tried to sell you, right? Yeah, you, know, you can't do any of that. Um, That's right. And it's just so incredibly important. We don't look at it that way. That's that that I think gives you gives you worth in what you do. Makes you realize when you say you're helping people, you're literally helping the world operate. I know that sounds crazy, loyal listeners, but that, that's essentially what you're doing. Without you or me, we could not do it. And without beating it up, when you went back to history, because I love that, it all started in crowdfunding. And that's where I think insurance will end up. I think through blockchains and other things, I think it will end up back as it was before. Corporations got in the middle, realized they could make money off of it. The powers now back with, are shifting back to the people. But you think about 300 years ago, Lloyds of London, when they when those underwriters used to well rich people used to sit inside of that bar or whatever they say it was pub and they would look at the ships that were going from England to South Africa you know and they realized it had twenty thousand dollars worth of uh, gold on it someone had to insure that and someone would say hey I'll you know for this much premium I'll insure that that's going to get there the best way they used to call it coverage because they would cover up the cargo right so that it couldn't be seen by pirates and they could they could dictate those they used to write the price underneath the name of the ship known as an underwriter you know so so there's so much stuff i didn't know the risk one I like that. I'm going to add that to the repertoire of, of the story because it's because it's up to me and you that we have to teach these the new ones. I'm still young myself. You're still young, but we're not new in the industry. Okay, so that we're still going up. Paul, you kind of shook your head there that you weren't young, or were you saying no, that I'm, I'm not I'm young? The, dude, Should I'm, I take I'm this personally? The, yeah. I got the I got the gray hairs. So I'm working my way working my way up market. You know, you be a broker long <laughs> enough, you know, it ages you a little bit. Um, but no, you're so right though, right? Like, but the young folks, like I always joke around, like our industry, like you know, you start figuring it out after 20 years, right? It's that there's that much. It's such an unbelievable space to be in, right? That you could just be constantly learning. I can't imagine other than to get a doctor, a lawyer, you know what I mean? You know, mm -hmm. what else is there that you could work for 20 years and just be a professor of some sort? Like you're learning every day, you know, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. You totally are. And the thing, you know, when you're talking about learning, I love how you said 20 years because I've been saying that recently. Um, and, and, you know, I say this a lot. And, I, and loyal listeners, if you're like this, Paul, I want to get your thought. It, there come a point in time in business where you just kind of realize that um, you're not perfect and you don't know everything, but you get it. Right. You feel as if someone dropped you in the middle of New York with a hundred bucks. I could probably get most of my money back in a year because I just kind of understand the concept, not just insurance, 
but business and how to make a dollar, make a dollar, make a dollar, right? Does that, does that make sense that you kind of felt that? And how old are you, Paul? So I'm 35. So, and I've been doing this since I was, um, 24 and I wish I was doing it earlier, frankly, but yeah, I agree. I think it's one of those industries or things like, you know, you have a license to print money when you can sell insurance products, right? Like think about it, like the average independent agent, you have infinite inventory. You don't have to stock. It doesn't go bad, right? Doesn't go bad, right? The market though is evolving. So you have to be on top of how products shift and evolve. And that in itself is something very complex, but there's a lot of great trading partners in the space that can help you do that. That trading partner could be your carrier partner. That trading partner could be a good intermediary. Um, but absolutely, I think it's one of those things. And I like that analogy to drop you on the street with a hundred bucks. You know, you know, I tell people like what other industry do you have that like you could go and sell a product that, you know, you know, I mean, you make, you know, the largest deal, you know, I've ever done, you know, as a broker, uh, you know, uh, I sold the three and I'm a PNC guy, but of course insurance, right. It was an annuity. I sold a $3.6 million annuity, made a hundred grand. Like, you know, what other industry are you in that you could go and do that, you know, um, for Mm -hmm. an existing customer, no less, right? That was for a customer I was selling other stuff to. So very, very cool um, space. And I, I love it and love to see younger folks get engaged, you know, in the industry. And get upset when they leave because I know what they're leaving. And, I, and, uh, and my heart cries a little bit every time they do. You don't hear them a lot, especially with some of the things that are going on today with InsureTech, helping people understand the changing, evolving of the, of, of the consumer, the podcasts that are ha- happening, the other organizations, the free Facebook groups, the LinkedIn groups. Paul, so you're, so you're 24 when you started, so it was 11 years ago. Pretty much. In 2010, man, when you were starting, you didn't have the help you have now. I'm sorry. (laughs) They have now. And in 2001, I didn't have the help. I didn't have guidance. I had old dudes like telling me to like do this and that. And I was like, all right, I I know no difference. So I'm going to do that. You know, man, they have so much today. So much, so much. Dude, what? Oh, please continue. We're not even through the questions yet. This is, this is crazy. This has never happened. Just shows how good this stuff is. You and I got a passion and I love it. Two things in life got you to where you are today, skill or luck. Which one would you say is the biggest factor for Paul? Well, see, I, I believe that you know luck is where you know um, preparation meets opportunity, right? So I right. think that that's a combination factor. Uh, you know, for me, just hard work. True. Right? I, you you unlock everything with time and you know uh, you know dedication. So that's kind of where things timing matters, though, right? <laughs> so right. anybody that tells you timing doesn't matter, I would completely disagree with. Uh, but um, timing matters yeah. a lot. And I just say people helping, you know, uh, those old dudes that helped you, um, quite a few of them helped me and some, some ladies as well. Uh, although you never escalated her age, so I would never say that they were old. Um, but you know what I mean? They were very helpful as well. Um, you know, in just kind of like believing and nurturing. Uh, and that's one cool thing I have to say about our industry. You have these incredible people with this incredible experience and the cool thing is like at, at this weird time in insurance, right? Like we're at this inflection point of technology and, you know, the industry um, evolving, right? And the evolution over the past 20 years, you know, it, like those are the people that really kind of shaped the industry in my opinion, right? The, those mm-hmm. that came before us, you know, maybe 30 years, right? They did a lot of things. So I, th- I think it's just an incredible time in the space as well. 
Um, yeah, you know, here's the deal. We can look at our life the same way. I think this is one of the most incredible times to live in the history of, of human, human beings. Now, I know we have all this crazy stuff going on, but let's get serious here as the type of life we have in the first world problems, hashtag first world problems that we're actually griping about. And I think it's the same way inside our industry, right? Our industry seems like it's a lot, but it's, it, there's a lot of great things going on. Let's keep going because you brought up so many good points. I want to get to them. Take us back to high school or college. Bring us forward to where you are now, how Paul got to where he is. Yeah, you know, uh, parents made me get a job in high school, um, basically hit this inflection point, got my paycheck, and I got paid more than I thought. And I was like, uh, you guys overpaid me. And the dude's like, first of all, no one says that. He goes, second of all, like, let's look at your hours. And he goes, oh, you worked overtime. I'm like, what's overtime? You know, as some teenager, no one explained to me that if you worked a certain amount of hours, they pay you more. Yeah, uh, that was a good thing. And then I just always work. So I always just like to work. It's fun. I always like to make money. You know, I did car detailing uh, in uh, summers in high school, Um, went to college, went to University of Arizona. Not much of a scholar. Good for laying by the pool, though. Did a lot of that. Um, you know what I mean? A lot of that. Uh, made some you sound like all friends. of us, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then I had the opportunity to work for Merrill Lynch all through college. Uh, so I worked for Merrill Lynch in New York City. Um, a couple cool roles. Some actually that obviously I believe a lot of things come full circle. Helped me today. Uh, mapping uh, technology apps for traders, seeing who did what, uh, and then seeing who would use what tech stack. Um, you know, uh, you know, was supposed to graduate in 2008. Not the best time to go to Wall Street. Um, did a victory lap, I like to say, uh, when they hung out for another year, uh, started a small laundry dry cleaning business that failed in about two months. Good cool. experience. Cause it, it was five grand, which at the time might as well have been a million dollars to me. But in retrospect, that was a very good, cheap, right. Very cheap loss. Lesson. Right? That's yeah, right. Very exactly. cheap lesson. Yeah. Right. Very cheap, you know, and then, um, was doing some stuff, lived on my roommate from college's couch in San Diego for a couple months, learned how to surf, didn't know what I was doing, um, came back, uh, you know, worked in a uh, family real estate business for a little bit. And my dad's like, we spent a lot of money on insurance. You should sell us our insurance. And I was like, all right, yeah, you know, that sounds cool. You know, insurance is kind of like whatever, right? Like, I don't know why, like, it's not, my friends don't think it's cool. They all work on Wall Street or doing cool stuff. And Worked for a family friend, uh, you know, at an agency, uh, learned the business and just fell in love with it pretty and much realized the cool stuff was happening here. You know what I mean? Yeah. What other industry, Jason, do you have where I get to learn about – if you like a business, like learning about business, what I love to learn about businesses, there's nothing better. You learn about every type of business. We ensure all, toward, all sorts of stuff, right? So I learn how they make it, how they do it, their processes – Right. I learned, holy cow, how do they sell that much of that product? Yeah. I would have never thought that, you know, mm-hmm. we have, we have, uh, you know, deals we've done, you know, people have hundred plus million dollars in sales, right. And they're like little widgets that like are in your chair or whatever, right. That they sell for two cents that they're selling, you know, billions of them. Right. So yeah. it's incredible. It is bad. It is. It is incredible. It is incredible, dude. Yeah. Um, good stuff, dude. Good stuff. So then you went from there, I mean, into what was the first that you said it was a family's friend uh, agencies. And then yep. I guess you were successful there. Are you still there? Or when did you move out of there? Oh, so basically after about eight months, um, I realized that I was just going to do this on my own. So I was in the industry for eight months. I started my retail brokerage out of the office in my parents' house uh, in 2011. Sweet. Um 
and basically saved up all this money that I had made, you know, and as a whatever, you know, 24 year old, you always tell people, you know, you're living at home as a 24 year old, right? Like today it's, I guess it's a cooler, but then trust me, I wanted to get the hell out of there. Right. Um, but I had no choice. I had no money. I know whatever. I had this little office and I just remember I'd bring people in and they'd be like, Oh, you have like a really nice house. And I'm like, yeah, thanks. You know what I mean? And like, meanwhile, like my parents are having coffee in the kitchen and I'm like ushering people through the side, basically to this office, right. To go and like, you know, to go and do it. And like, that's a hustler, time, man. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Love well, it. Who's going to appoint a kid working at the office of their parents house progressive, uh, <laughs> and you know, progressive did, but basically I had no leads or anything. I didn't know how to do it. So, you know, you can go through and you know, for salespeople in our industry and your resource, if you're a broker, to your point we were kind of talking about earlier, um, you have infinite opportunity in front of you on your computer, infinite, just how we met LinkedIn. These platforms, if you work them well, it, they, they are the road paved with gold, in my opinion, right? Mm -hmm. So basically, you know, for those on, that list, the listeners that, uh, you know, handle trucking, they know about Safer. Um, you know, so Safer basically tells you what trucking companies insurance they have. So that tells you the insurance company when it expires, how many trucks. So since nobody would appoint me, right, what ended up happening was I just went and made a list of every trucking company in New Jersey at the time where I lived. And I was making about 180 cold calls a day, uh, every day, just every day. burning the phones every day. Killing religiously. it, that's you're making that many calls it. a day, dude. You're killing it. You're setting It's a numbers game. Because, yeah, exactly. It's a numbers game. And then what I learned, my dad at the time was like, all right, well, you know, it's really hard for people to say no to you in person. So I was a door-to-door -door salesman. I would go with my deal pack. I'd go get a check from you. I had, a, you know, these little folders. I'll never forget. This guy goes, who made these folders? And I'm like, all oh, proud of it. I'm like, I did. He goes, never make another folder. He goes, these are terrible. <laughs> Like, I was just like, I was like, all right, you know, well, whatever. He bought the policy though. Okay. And it was like 30 K or whatever it was in preview. But yeah, they were, they were like, I, I was like, all oh, cool. Like, cause like as an entrepreneur or startup, right. You do everything. You wear every you take hat. Take pride you know? in that, man. You take pride yeah. in it. You know? So yeah. So Don't ever make another folder. Yeah. He goes, no, it was bad. Right. I never did. So, you know, I never, ever did. I had someone else do it. But, um, but no, you learn about it. And so I was writing a lot of truckers and stuff. And I basically just mm -hmm. identified a region. I bought online lead. So I got enough deal flow to like evolve. Right. So eventually I moved out of my parents' house. So then I had an office in my little apartment in Hoboken, New Jersey. So like I didn't have an office office. Right. Um, but I had a desk, which was a lot to me. Um, and then, you know, in time that I got a sick office in Hoboken uh, viewing New York city. And I always looked at the city being like, I'm going to make the jump across that river. Uh, and I'm going to earn that, you know, to get there. Um, Nice. And then, yeah, and then we did. We had a virtual office in Jersey City. So I don't really count that because nice. I never really went there. But um, yeah, and then that's it. And then now we have an office, um, you know, right next to New York Stock Exchange, as uh, where our headquarters is now. Um, you know, so, nice. so yeah, it's um, an exciting industry. It is, dude. And I want to get to a little bit more of that, especially what you have there on your uh, T-shirt. Excuse me, Harbor.ai um, agency intelligence is our AI. Artificial intelligence is yours. You're telling them. I'm telling them the real stuff. You're telling them the artificial intelligence. Just joking, just joking. It's part of the, uh, <laughs> I know it's terrible. I'm a dad. It's okay that I make bad jokes. So so here's the deal, Paul. Um, you said something that I want to go back to before I go on there, okay? Never talked about this before on the, on the podcast. Never really said it. Um, would you not agree 
that this is probably the greatest industry God ever created, right? Yeah, we serve every industry. What other industry truly serves every other? I, I don't know if there's an industry that serves every other industry. And you get yeah. residual income. Yeah, I mean, it's... And like, you're with networks of people that you never thought that you would meet. And you're helping people on a daily basis. And you know things that other people don't know and will pay you good money to find it out. And they don't even want to remember it. They just need you to stay along so in case they need to remember it at one time, you can remember them. And they'll pay you to do that. If this is the greatest industry in the world, you have to admire the leadership of it. When we look at the leadership, I think it's easy, as you said, because I agree with it, and I've talked about that before, that the golden road that's been laid by past insurance agency owners in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, wherever it could be, that gave Paul and I the opportunity today. But when we look about talking about if every agency is part of leading this greatest um, industry God ever created, I've been saying that for seven years, if, if every agency is part of that, then the leadership of that agency is part of that. And I think we may make a, dip, we make, make a mistake as to who the leader of the agencies are. I'm going to tell you right now that I think there's more women CSRs, lady CSRs in this industry by far than there are men. And we will all admit as agency owners or even head agents that CSRs are the ones that make the agency go around. We can go out there and sell all we want, but man, if we're not getting that residual income or we're not helping people or we don't have something, that, that knowledge that other people don't, we're not going to get all those other things. And I think sometimes it's, um, I think next month, is it next month, Woman History Month, Jeremy? This month. This month. This month is Woman History Month. Ironically enough, this is the way that it happens, right? On March 3rd. Um, because I think that there needs to be some respect given to that. I have a whole, pre uh, a whole presentation, Paul on women in insurance. I believe they're the most powerful thing coming forward. I believe in life that over the next 200 years, we will have more women presidents than we do men. I believe that there's that much of an elevation that's coming to women. And I think that one of their powers starts inside the insurance industry. And think about this, women carry more trust than men do. It could change our industry for the better. Right? It could lead by. Think of who we are as a society and who what our clients and prospects are expecting from us. Caring, Sharing, multitasking, being understanding, those are women traits, characteristics. Those aren't strong men traits. Not saying that, you know, Paul, you and I got it, but you know, not everybody else. <laughs> and so, and so the thing is, dude, you got to really start thinking about that. We really have to. And when we look at agencies being involved in the greatness of this industry, we have to look at who really truly runs those agencies. Because I have to admit, um, my staff makes fun of me all the time. I used to be the guy they asked all the questions to. Now they don't even ask me questions anymore because they don't know. I, they know I don't know, right? Because I'm doing other things in the business. But as far as how we're making this residual income, I can point to nothing but women. It's a big. That's a big. That's a big factor if you really think about that, Paul. Before we go on, you got anything to say about that? I, I would think the, the folks in the backbone of the agency, to your point, are those that are doing the unsung heroes, right, or heroines, yeah, right, right in, in that example. And I think that you sometimes, like for us with what we do, um, our goal as a, you know, tech-enabled, you know, digital wholesale intermediary, you know, that's who I want to talk to. No offense to you, Jason, but I want to talk to the CSRs and the marketing reps, right? That's my customer, right? right? Because when those folks need to find something, the broker, the producer, the agent, whatever that you know particular role is, they're there to go and you know bring it in, right? 
those are the folks on the other side, you know what I mean, that are the ones that are actually putting the deal together, you know what I mean, making Mm -hmm. it make sense, you know, and and identifying the finer points. So I completely agree. Um, And I think that you're seeing a shift, right, you know, in general of just the view of work and how work looks. And Mm -hmm. I think that you're going to see a lot more, you know, all sorts of just, you know, different uh backgrounds and you know what i mean cultures and you know everything yep. coming in together and it's a, it's a really good thing and then i think it's um you know very interesting you know uh, a lot of how our, i think our industry is actually evolving faster than others in financial services right um which is interesting because of the nature of how our industry is structured right um mm-hmm. so it's, it's very very cool to see the change and I, I definitely certainly would agree with you know with the stuff you're saying there that the skill sets of you know certain people are going to be you know well suited to um handle those different roles and you can say whatever you want about what jason says but jason says the truth and it's the real deal there's a huge account over here hundred thousand dollar account let's say cash tries to get in there and susan tries to get in there you're gonna it's lose. just a numbers game. <laughs> Susan's going to get in there a lot more times than Cass is going to get in there. I mean, and it's I'm, and we can we can take away vanity. We're not just talking about oh because they look good and they're in they're in a skirt. That's not, that's that's that, that's old school shit. I'm talking about they 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 what I just said before and I'll quit beating it up. They have the characteristics that jive with the way community our our our, our, our communities conversate and the way that they communicate. And they just have that knack for being that trusting figure. So anyways, um, we'll, we'll move on there. I just had to say that because that was something I, I feel very passionate about. Loyal listeners, in the next 200 years, there will be more women presidents than there are men. Harbor.ai. Tell me what that is, Paul. Sure, yeah. So, you know, we're a digital intermediary. Um, you know, we work with retail brokers to help them get access to products in the most efficient way possible. We do that by working with carriers. Uh, you know, we are currently commercial lines focused, but we're working okay. on, you know, going to be adding some personal stuff um, mm-hmm. probably sometime later this year, early next year. Uh, so we have a technology platform that automates, um, you know, the quoting, binding, issuance process for not only admitted, but mostly ENS products. So we have several MGA contracts. Uh. Um, and, you know, delegated authority for things like surety bonds. And, you know, we work with carriers to help them just streamline the process. You know, you run an agency, you know, the way we quote insurance is beyond archaic. And when you get into like a form, right, we talk about forms and, um, you know, a form is something that has structure. You put in a typewriter. That's the Merriam-Webster. That's a form, right? Because why? Like, it's an old thing, right? Because... You know, and then when you get into some of these industry forms, right, that are the, the standard or whatever, um, they make sense. Um, you know, but let, we'll go back to your cell phone example, your Android or iPhone, right? You know, we always tell people, you know, and I'll adjust it for you, Jason, right? You know what I mean? Like what people are running today, um, you know, they're running a Motorola Razor and I'm going to give them that six Samsung Galaxy, right? You know what I mean? So we have that, but a lot of times, right? Um, folks are nervous to adopt new things, right? Because it's different. Um, and you know, so for us, um, we make it really easy. Our app's totally free to retailers. It will always be free to a retail broker. We will never charge a retail broker, um, you know, a SaaS fee for what we do. Now they're down the road. We might have, you know, features and stuff that we add in that might have something, but as far as getting access to product using our platform, will never be, uh, there will never be a charge for that to a retail broker. We believe uh, that a retail stuff. broker should have access to products. Uh, so yeah, so we streamline that with structured data. We then connect to, I think at the moment, 
25 or so different, um, you know, commercial lines, uh, API rating tools. Uh, we have always MGA contracts. Uh, we could quote thousands of businesses straight through uh, for many lines of business. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, A.K. agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, visit NBS Brokerage dot com cast certified so whenever i go through you am i going okay so i go through harbor.ai you guys place my business with scottsdale right let's just say you place it with scottsdale am i dealing with um, harbor um, to do endorsements and stuff or is there a different process for that or am i going through another broker that used your technology i just want to be clear there yeah sure so it, so it depends on the appointment process right so there are certain products where uh you know jason the agent if he's appointed with that carrier he gets access to his product within our app full gotcha. commission full gotcha. payouts all that stuff um at the end of the day for us you know what i mean what we look to do is provide jason access to stuff that he has in one cohesive environment, again, for free, uh, in addition to stuff that he needs access to, right? You know, that doesn't fit his go-to markets. Because look, we all know retail brokers, any broker goes to where they're appointed, better payouts, better relationship, the list goes on and on, right? Mm -hmm. Typically, it's more of an admitted product. We trade a lot in the ENS space. So that's a specialty coverage and we lost single risk selection. So, you know, most of the cases now, um, you know, you come, it would be through Harbor AI LLC or your wholesale broker, it's licensed nationwide, but there are other products that would travel through other intermediaries, right? We have a lot of products that are being put on our platform by other um, MGAs. Um, we have a sick pet insurance product coming out there. Um, you know, uh, so from a Sweet, fellow, uh, yeah, fellow Arizona Wildcat, um, he's got an awesome product coming out. So we'll be having that, you know, shortly. So as what's well, the so. app? You said it, the age retail agent will always have the app. Like I can submit business on the app. Oh yeah. So you can submit business. You can embed the experience. We have, um, what we believe to be the world's first Amazon's, uh, powered search experience for commercial insurance. It's, it's awesome. It links all the products. You know what I mean? You have your own little storefront if you want to. Um, and again, what we want to do, right, is help the agent a couple ways. So like, look, go back to that CSR that we just talked about, right? The backbone of the agency, mm. right? You know, they need help doing a lot of things. And the problem is coming from the retail side, and, and I know you've lived this, Jason, and everybody who has is broke. You talk to an insured and sometimes they want something because they're told they should want that thing, not because they actually need that product. True they need that, a different product. That. And mm. you're in a weird spot as that, you know, um, you know, critical advisor to their business, right? Because if they need professional, but they were told they get should get GL, but actually the contract says they need both, right? When you think about that, those products have like an 80% overlap of information, right? If I could write your management consultant's miscellaneous professional, I could write their GL, right? I pretty much know everything to write that more or less. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we tell people, um, everybody else in the space takes a submission and sends it to the market. Uh, we do not do that. 
we take data to create a submission. Why that's important? Because I can take that data and I can map it to all the other lines. So with Harbor, what you're gonna see is you're gonna get a cross-sold product automatically. So basically that tool for that broker is invaluable. Um, because now that CSR is punching in that information one time. A big trade-off the carriers do, not trade-off, it's beneficial to them because it lowers their expense ratio by working with us, is that um, we don't use their supplementals. We don't use other forms. We have 20,000 20, dynamically tied supplemental underwriting questions. And that number floats up and down, right? Sometimes it goes up, sometimes it goes down. And what ends up happening is we map all the carriers into our standard. So we've standardized uh, commercial lines wow. insurance. Uh, so then a broker doesn't have to have to worry about, well, I gave them the Markel app, but Travelers wants their app. And oh, by the way, there's this nuanced question that kills the deal. Eliminate all of that. We use semantically related information, data, how it all interrelates um, to go ahead and solve that problem. So we have something similar, and I don't want to give them... Um, uh, I don't want to give them names. I, we use them. And their commercial line seems very similar to what you did, are doing, but they were doing it five, six years ago and they're not using AI. Okay, so I don't want to say it's like similar to what you're doing. But what it allows them to do is it allows us as agents to reach out to them who's a broker and they've created this software and they've hooked up with Hiscox and a bunch of them that all of them are kind of hooked up with to where I can submit the business or my client can submit the business, bind, pay, and everything. Um, and it's really nice and we get paid like 10 to 12% commission and most of the time we don't even know who the client is and it's really kind of nice. Um, is, is that something that you guys are doing? Is that similar? But yet not only are you creating that experience, you're just making the experience easier to deal to work with for the agent. Am I wrong or right about that, Paul? Yeah, exactly. We focus more on ENS and specialty, right? So the stuff that's that what we this, do, that's what this business, that's what this, that's what this broker does. Yeah. So we do, um, one-off risk selection, right? So a lot of the stuff we do with certain carriers is completely bespoke, right? So these are, you know, medical devices. These are um, very sophisticated contractors. These are easy stuff as well. But gotcha. yeah, you know, you put that experience together for them um, to allow those folks to trade uh, as efficiently as possible. Very, very similar. Uh, you know, for us, you know, the big differentiating factor with how we do things is um, our technology. You know, we don't use AI for any rating, uh, anything, because that's a big regulatory no. You can't do that, nor will we ever want to. Um, but what we do use it for is to actually represent information. Uh, so what I always just tell Data, people, it's like uh, yeah. the very simple example to think about is like, you know, uh, you as a broker do certain things, right? Prospect and insure, get a quote, bind a policy, right? Uh, within our app, all of those have meaning. So bind a policy means something. There's contextual reason why you would do that. And then when you get into the underwriting process, um, you know, carriers are coming to us to help them with certain things. Um, you know, what ends up happening is by streamlining that directional information um, exchange, uh, what we're able to do is provide a really robust experience. And the unique thing about us is that the information, once it's there, right, can move to different product lines, okay. right? Yeah. So you don't, because our goal with the broker is you have enough going on, right? Let us right. just help you solve this piece, you know, the I call it the mm -hmm. zero to one of a quote. Like, let us get the data onboarded, structured, et cetera, and then you can go through and do that. But yeah, it's some, a lot, there's a lot of things that are very, very similar um, in, um, in structure as far as like they get quotes and stuff like that. 
our real unique thing. And if anybody here, I mean, I know a lot of retail uh, brokers follow your podcast, but um, mm -hmm. my business partner will be speaking at the wholesale um, insurance association, you know, um, convention in a couple weeks on AI uh, okay. and, you know, how we use it, you know, with a couple of folks. And he really, like on the insurance side, he's an insurance guy now. We brought him over to the dark side, I say, but, you know, he was a data scientist out of, um, you know, out of Princeton and he mapped the, the human genome. So our technology actually comes out of drug discovery. Kind of knows uh, what he's talking about. Oh yeah, it's he. Well, he's helped many carriers. So the interesting thing about us is uh, a lot of our help on the carrier side. Uh, we've helped them with products that other people are using or will use, right? So other digital platforms. But see, we're very collaborative, right? So for us, like apps like Semsi, like Philippe's a genius. I love them. You know, we're, we're going to be working with them. Like we're very collaborative in how we work because we look to focus on specialty lines. Right. So other folks who are really good at things like, you know, I've talked to the folks at like Tarmika, you know, the guys at Glovebox, they're crushing. Right. So there's a lot of folks out there with doing some really unique stuff that we're able to help them with. Um, and that's kind of how we see insurance. Right. It's a collaboration. So, like, you know, these vendors in InsureTech that do incredible third party data, photo inspections, you know, we just connect to those folks. Dude, that's good stuff. No, that's really good stuff. I see your guys is. Uh... I see your guys' uh, path. I see the way that you guys are going with this, which is uh, which is pretty killer, dude. Pretty, pretty, pretty killer. Um, now, the one thing that I wanna I wanna kind of stipulate here, and I wanna I do wanna make sure that we talk about this is first of all, I want you to know that you're gonna you're gonna need to reach out to my agency because this other firm that we're using, I think could you could fill their void plus you can give us a lot more and that's really really big to us um, because we don't like to do brokerage business it's probably less than five percent of what we do but when we do it we want it to be simple and easy and i just have to tell you one of the easiest jobs to take in this industry is a broker at a wholesale agency i mean i'm just telling you paul they're absolutely terrible there's none that i've ran into and what i mean by that is is they they take their turnstile they take the information and they turn and they give it to this person. You know, sometimes the information they ask me for, I'm thinking, you know, you're making 5% in a $500 policy fee on this thing. Why don't you help me look that shit up? You know, I, I just went to New York's website and pulled it up real quick, you know? And, and it's like, and, and we kind of learned that you ask them questions. Hey, what about this? They have no insurance knowledge or they're too scared to ask. So they got to go to the underwriter and it's like, my gosh, this becomes a hassle. And I would love to be able to, once again, just did a um, working with a broker and we went with the traveler's management um, uh, organization plan rather than the other one that was being offered by some other company. And they said, okay, yeah, you can do that. Now you need to fill out all these apps. And I'm like, Jesus, we just filled out all these damn apps. And it's like, can you not go take some of the information I put on all those other four and put them on this app? You know, and, and not only... Can you do that? But like, even if you can't do it through AI or whatever, I want to tell the broker I'm dealing with, like, you do it. Like, I mean, I filled all these out. You know what I mean? And it's, anyways, that's so frustrating. Um, and I think a lot of wholesalers miss out because of that. I also know that wholesalers are trying to quit paying commission because they're trying to pay sometimes salary to those brokers in there. They're trying to do everything they can to find somebody more motivated. Um, but I'm going to use a broad brush stroke. All you wholesalers out there may hate me majority of wholesalers I know out there were once agents and then they go to the wholesale side. I can't say everybody's that way, but a lot of them are. And Paul, I'm just kind of stuck up 
when it comes to this, okay? And what I mean by that is, is that when I see somebody in the insurance business for five to 10 years and then they leave and they go do something else and they were an agent and they go do something else, it tells me they probably couldn't make it. I mean, they probably made it for a while. The agency was paying them some cash so they were able to go. They popped a couple big ones. But, and the reason I say that is, is man, outside of four or five different excuses that are legitimate, what the hell would you leave this industry for if you know how to, if you know how to sell, right? So it kind of goes back to that. And I think wholesale brokers are kind of, kind of stuck sometimes in that. So there's a lot of people that are mad at me and you can give me Jason at agency-intelligence.com. Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, Paul. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that, you know, the insurance industry, you know, is a microcosm kind of for like the world almost, you know, like, you know, a multi-trillion dollar industry and wholesale True. broking, you know, is there's been a ton of consolidation, right? Like a ton. And, you know, when you get into a lot of these organizations, you know, there's like five wholesalers left, right? You know, I mean, there's hundreds, but like really like, you know, there's like the big, you know what I mean? Right. Handful, right? And I think that, you know, the process is what's broken. That's what we change, right? And that's why like when ah, carers work well with said. us, the process is broken. So it's not as much the people as the process. The process is not kept up with the times, right? And there's a lot of reasons why, but a lot of it comes down to like, you know, I always tell people, you know, um, with a lot of things we do, that's a lot different than a lot of other folks is like with our tech stack, why we're always free to the retail broker and we'll always be free to the retail broker is because their business, I, I ran a retail brokerage. It's so expensive to run an insurance brokerage. Yeah, at yes, scale, it it, you get economies, right? And it's not that bad. But like, listen, as the guy that worked at his parents' house to that dreamed of having an office, like I'm telling it's you, it's not that dude. easy, right? Yeah. Mm. And, you know, on the wholesale side, it's you you get into the legacy tech providers and you get into just kind of what that procedural issue is and the other issue right is that with us we're tech first so if a carrier to work with us we are going digital with you if you don't want to go digital with me i i can't help you because working. yeah it's just not the way the deal trades out and i think to your point those questions the apps the supplementals that when we were building our app and i could tell you man we i've stacks of supplementals you know a mile high looking through and seeing okay how does this what's a structure right and what you start to begin to realize is that you know to do true single risk selection what we do to solve the problem you just described because it is a pain in the neck and no one wants to deal mm -hmm. with it um is that you have to get the carriers on board to do that and they have to be able to flowing to forego the way they do it currently um and that's been really our our real way of of onboarding products in a very efficient manner i think you will see you know there are great brokers you know but you have to look at i think the way uh, wholesale broking structured in the context of well like if you're a small tier agent who we cater to that's who I want, frankly. So right. any of your listeners, they're a small, smaller agent, they're a startup agent, less than a couple million rev. You call me, you get my cell phone number, they're my contracts. I'll be the best broker you've ever had. The reason why is because I know what it is to be a retailer, right? Mm -hmm. You know, every deal's a deal, but it's not, but it is, right? Because you never Listen, and I know you've lived this, Jason. You know, the ones you don't think you're gonna close, you close. The ones you thought you had locked up. You don't Dude, lock up. What's up with that, bro? I was just talking about that three or four podcasts ago about how I always do. And I got a lot of feedback on that. Um, 
the ones that I always think I'm going to close, I never do. And the ones that I never do, I, I, think I close. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's really freaking weird. Yeah, hey, dude, and that's another thing that I like. And loyal listeners, pay attention to what he's like. You guys like me. You like David Carruthers. You like Ryan Hanley. You know why? Because we're all insurance agents working inside of retail agencies. He's working in a broker, but he had the retail agent. I can really feel that sometimes. You know, Paul, sometimes people try to bullshit us. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, he's stolen this retail agent. And they say like two or three things. And the loyal listeners of me are just kind of sitting here like, dude, that's not realistic. Here's what I'll tell you, you, Jason. Uh, Here's what I tell you. That's what I tell anybody. Here's the biggest problem in broking, okay? You go to sell a deal to a guy for 50 Gs, right? You, the retailer, Okay. Your mm-hmm. wholesaler tells you how good of a deal is. Meanwhile, that guy doesn't want to pay $1,000. Okay, you got to figure out how to show him he's got to pay 50. And I tell people that. I tell my carriers that. I go, listen, I know this is priced great. I know this is a good product, but no matter what it is, that insured does not want to pay this number. If I told him it was $1,000, even though it was, should have been 50, he should have said it been $100, right? So what I tell people is you have to put yourself in the position of that broker. When we developed what we've done, it's for broker. That's why, again, it will always be free, and it's a big thing to me. You know what I mean? A big, big thing to me that a retailer will never pay for our tech stack because at the end of the day, that knowing how to do a deal, Jason, that's art. That's beauty. That's magic, right? You bottle mm-hmm. that, you know, sell that, right? You know, but, uh, you know, like as that's a true. broker, you know, you know, you talk, you know, I've, I've talked to Ryan, brilliant guy, like people you're naming are just very, very smart guys. What you realize is to your point, um, there are a lot of really good, I will say, wholesale brokers and intermediaries. Um, you know, you just have to look at the way they chase game versus the way we or I used to as a retailer chase game is different, right? Because mm-hmm. they're hunting for buffaloes, but we're cool with the squirrels. So at the end of the day, you know, you have to kind of see that. And I learned that from one of a buddy of mine who had been also a broker for a long time. And he, I go to him, I'd get a deal. And this was to your point, the crux of the issue was uh, the broker he worked at. Well, he couldn't work at deals that made it less than 500 in rev to the, you know, $500 in rev. And as mm-hmm. a startup, guy, well, that's all the stuff I was working on, right? And of course, right. I wanted to write the 100K policies, but I'm looking at little 2G, mm-hmm. 3G, and premium deals. Trying to pay the car realize, payment next month. Exactly, right? Um, you know, you realize, right? Like, okay, well, he can't do it, so here's what's happening. I would get deals that I didn't know how they'd be priced out that would be 20, 30K in premium, right? Because I just didn't know that that's what that would cost. And then he never got a look at those deals, unfortunately, because... I was never sending him those. I was sending them somewhere else, okay? And then they were doing the little stuff, and then what ended up happening, I got a big one, and they wrote the big one. Uh, and that's okay. why for us, we tell people, like, our lowest product, we have some admitted stuff too, I think it starts at, like, 60 bucks, right? So it's like, you know, we have, you know, like, home-based business products, you know, admitted bops and stuff that are digital only, you know, right. and then they go all the way up. You know what I mean? To you know the you know hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, yeah, wow. I agree with you on that. You know the the component of a lot of stuff you're saying obviously resonates with me. But you know just so that your your loyal followers and listeners know, like when I have conversations with carriers, these are things I'm saying, and that's why we do everything form based in our app. It's all on a form basis, which means that if you get a quote from Care A, B, and C, right, and they're different, and one's 20 G's, 50, and 80, right. At least you, the broker, have the context of the why, right? Okay, well, right. this, you know, like co- you know, you're you're outside Chicago, right? You know, Cook County's an issue for contracting, right? So, okay, well, it's got an exclusion for that, or you know, you got this. So, you start to see that, right? And then we want to just give that, you know, I always always use the analogy of baking cakes, 
right? Like uh, who's who makes the uh, recipe, who sources the ingredients, and who's the actual baker, right? And gotcha. it, a lot of correlations to insurance for that. Um, but yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, look, I, I would tell you though that the wholesaling is getting better because there's younger folks getting into it. But to your point, the comp structure issue it's challenging, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For a lot of the more traditional folks. And and the other thing is too, if you keep growing by acquisition, not organically, you don't actually solve a lot of times the actual problems, right? Which is right. again, how the deals are done. Because join your comment, Jason, some of these older folks that helped guys like us, they're doing these deals on napkins. Some days right. still, still, right? Still. still. So, and you know, know, and what, and here's the hope for the independent insurance agents, the young agent is people like yourself out here at the dot AIs is because back when I was doing this in 05, 06, 07, I didn't have another option besides the brokerage that I was using and I hated it and the apps and the supplementals. And when I go to my agency owner, he'd just say, shut up. You just use what it is. Well, it wasn't being a jerk. It's just that there wasn't anything else out there. You know, think of this, your law, uh, um, a young agents out there today, you're trying to provide value for your agency, go to your agency owner, go to your sales manager and say, Hey, do we like dealing with our brokers? Are our brokers really good to deal with? Or is it just a frustrating thing? It's a necessary evil. If they say necessary evil, which there's probably about an 80 to 90% chance they will. This is a way for you to provide value. Hey, I was listening to this podcast. Hey, I went out and searched this guy, Paul, and on his LinkedIn, and this is what I'm finding out. And this is what he's saying. Can we at least have a call? And I think that's a huge value that I could have never provided my agency owner back then because we didn't have those options. So that's something that's really, really important. Paul, wrapping this up because we have been hitting hard. Wrapping this up, anything last thing you want to say to the loyal listeners? No, I mean, look, I appreciate the opportunity and I, I kind of like leave you with this one there, Jason. So I sat down with... Um, CEO of a multi-billion dollar um, ENS carrier, and they're a brilliant company, like rocket ship company, right? He founded it. It's a public company. And I asked him, I go, can I ask you a question? He goes, yeah, of course. I go, why is there so much contention in our industry, right? Like, why do the carriers, the brokers, like, why is everybody not like on the same team? And he just started laughing. He goes, you know, he goes, the retailer, you know what I mean, deserves to get compensated very well because they provide such an incredibly important thing to us, right? Deal flow. And they do the hard work, right? And what I tell anybody is, you know, the retailers, the backbone of the industry, without that, there's no carrier because no one's selling the stuff. Uh, And to your point, you know, leaving you with kind of like, I believe this industry comes full circle, right? All of this tech, Right, the original insure tech was that piece of chalk at the Lloyd's coffee shop or bar or whatever it was, and now you have mm-hmm. AI-based API platforms and rating tools and whatnot. And I tell any agent, you know, with me, you, know, you find me on LinkedIn. I have a thing uh, that this is my new thing for 2021. Anybody I add on LinkedIn or talk to, I take 15 minutes to talk to. If you don't want to talk to me, I delete you. Uh, I've done it multiple, multiple times uh, this week. Actually, I go. I will give oh, I- you. My time, this is for networking. Anybody I can help, you feel free to reach out. You know, I know you're on the insurance nerd Slack. So we, we're all on all these channels. Like they're there. Look, I hired a guy from there, 22 year old guy out of risk management school at um, Georgia, right from there. Right. So my point is those people listening, like the opportunities are out there, you know, go after it. You find me, we add, you know, you add me, I've taken 15 minutes of your time though. I will tell you that. Or so like, don't bother if you don't want to give me your time because it's our most valuable asset. And I do appreciate that, Jason. You know what I mean? You giving me yours. I appreciate it, dude. And this has been so um, 
so valuable. Even though you talked about your company for a while, it was it's important because a lot of times it's, hey, look at us. Here's the value we provide. But you're something that we're all dealing with every day. And it resonated very, very true. So leaders are readers and readers are leaders. And you are a leader. So I know you must be a reader. What are you reading right now, Paul? Uh, yeah, I'm rereading Art of War. Uh, actually, extended, a very extended, uh, but it's like a very thick uh Art of uh, Art of War right now. That's so yeah, stuff, that's though, what dude. I'm back on. I like to reread certain things. Uh, I would tell anybody listening to this, my favorite book though, probably I would say is uh, 48 Laws of Power. Uh, that's a uh, never heard of that. Incredible. Okay. Oh yeah, that's a really really good book. I hope it's 48. If I screw up on the number of them, but it's, I'm right. pretty sure it's 40. But yeah, that's it's like talks about a lot of just different um, a lot of philosophical um, related stuff. How about yourself, man? What's what's on people, Jason's people, uh, nightstand? Well, thank you, but I my my most important book that I read every year in January, I would say in the last 15 16 years, I've probably missed it a couple times. Um, is 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. And the reason why I like laws, that's why when you said the 48 out of power or 48 laws of power, whatever it was, is that uh, I like laws because I say this a lot. People laugh, but it's the truth. If you know laws, you can predict the future. As a leader, if I know the way human nature works and I know certain leadership styles will produce these results, well, then I can predict the future. But I have to figure out those leadership styles to create that culture. And I think that that is 21 irrefutable laws of leadership. That's where it starts. So I'm going to get that one there on the, on the power. I think that that's awesome. Now, I don't know who it is. I don't know who your boo is. Maybe you're watching Hulu. Maybe you spend your time on Netflix. Maybe it's Amazon Prime. When you go home at night, you're trying to relax out. What do you watch on TV? You know, um, my girlfriend's big on investigation discovery, unfortunately. So that's typically as a good boyfriend, I just, you know, kind of just whatever she wants to watch. Right. You know, is what it is. Um, Learning quick. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I I like history, Um, anything history based. um, I love learning about. Um, So that's kind of it. You know, like my like guilty pleasure is like ancient aliens, but who can't like that? Like that's like the most hilarious show like on the market, you know? So man, I tell you, ancient aliens gets me thinking, man, you know, because I'm a spiritual, I'm a religious (laughs) dude. And I'll tell you what, this shit gets me thinking. I'm just like, damn, some of that stuff makes too much sense. And then you realize it's nowadays media and you have no idea what's true. And somebody's probably got a position. That's why they're saying that. But anyways, that's why we just do pure, unedited conversations like Agents Influence. Paul, I really appreciate you coming on, man. This is this has been really fun. I know the loyal listeners um, have really gotten a lot out of it because, I mean, really loyal listeners, when you think about it, we talked about the importance of insurance, why that's so important in our life and how we operate, why it's the greatest industry in the world with everything that we mentioned as far as compensation. I say the five truths of leader, uh, five truths of insurance are flexible schedule, financial freedom. You can become a community contributor, an empire builder and a mentor. There's no five better things in the world because the first two, flexible schedule and financial freedom, that's all about you. But community builder, empire, a community contributor, empire builder, and a mentor, that's all about helping other people. And notice there's three verse two. So we should help more than we should try to help ourselves. But education ourselves is important. And that's why we appreciate you listening here at Agents Influence. I do what I do because I do it for you. Tell me your thoughts and tell me your ideas. And I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. This has been Cass. He's Paul. We're out. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. 
really. We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you've got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial, but you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple of videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.